Hey guys, Brian here from The Business Machine. I really wanna talk about Amanda Goldman Petrie real quick before you listen to this one. Stay with this one, get into about 10 minutes and really listen to Amanda's story. Um, she, she had a lot of bad things happen to her um, in college and before that, before she really got going and and she toughed her way through all those and, and now she's doing great. And I'm just telling you, it's a real good story for if you think you can't do it, uh, trust me, you can. And, and Amanda's story is inspirational, just an amazing young woman. Um, and I really enjoyed talking to her and I think you'll enjoy this one. So with that, Amanda Gold Goldman Petrie, enjoy. This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hey everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Business Machine. Again, I'm Brian Town, your host of The Business Machine and CEO and owner of Michigan Creative. Really excited to have our next guest on. I say it a lot, but this one is going to be fantastic. Her website is amazing. I love the name of her business. And Amanda Goldman Petrie is here and she's the founder of MarketLikeANerd.com. I love that. Internationally renowned, work smarter, not harder. We're going to just work on us today, just me. So this is for you guys, but we're going to work on me too. Online <laughs> marketing coach for entrepreneurs who want to maximize their profits while minimizing the amount of time and effort they put into their business. Amanda, that sounds amazing. How are you today? Thanks for joining us today. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. So Amanda, somebody comes up to you and you are in Florida and you are getting a coffee and they say, and I'm sure you're pretty shy around strangers. I can just tell from your personality that that is not the case, but somebody comes up to you and they say, what do you do? What do you tell them? Yeah, you know, it's actually funny because I actually am extremely introverted and I am a hermit. Are you really? Um, I, it's surprising, right? Sure. Um, yeah, but, but, but this is my like business personality. I bring out like a, like a, I bring out a piece of me and make it stronger. But, um, uh, but yeah, so coffee shop, someone asked me, what do I do? Yeah. I say, um, I geek out with business owners and entrepreneurs about how to make more money doing less. <laughs> One of the things that is throughout your website and the reason why I was really excited is because we hear this a lot as entrepreneurs and small business owners, especially in this, you know, we're a small business and Michigan creative, but we're also into this podcasting and, and social media and all that stuff. And that, that phrase hustle uh, comes up a lot. And, and at first I was like, hustle, I like it. It's cool. But now I'm kind of like, I see it and I'm like, shit, I'm not working hard enough because <laughs> I'm not hustling. And, but I like what you talk about in that and how somebody talk, tell me a little bit about how you kind of, you do hustle and you still work, but tell me about that. Yeah. Well, so, uh, on my website and in a lot of my marketing, I always I kind of position myself as I am a commander in an army that has declared war on hustle. And it's it's because, you know, I've had many different businesses. You know, I've had this is what, like my fourth or fifth business at this point. And in my, a lot of my previous businesses, I was making a lot of money, but I was hustling. I was yeah. buying into that idea that you have to sacrifice, you have to work hard, you have to work overtime, and it's like a badge of honor. Sure, sure. And I wasn't happy. So I started kind of shifting gears and thinking about how can I make as much money as possible with as little effort as possible. There's got to be a way. 
And that's what I focused on. I got really stubborn about work-life balance. I got really stubborn about not sacrificing and still being successful anyway. And what I discovered is that hustle creates an income ceiling. Hustle burns you out. Hustle is dangerous for your business. If you really want to grow a sustainable and scalable business, you have to screw the hustle and work smarter. Now, somebody's going to hear this too and you said, hey, how can, I, how can I do some work, not a lot of work, and make a lot of money? So first thing that people are listening are going to go, well, then hold on a minute because if it sounds too good to be true, it ain't true. <laughs> so what do you say to that? Yeah, well, so there's not, I'm not saying there's no effort involved. There's sure, sure. I can't just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So should it's I check less- my bank account right now as we're talking? It's going up, correct? Uh, well, a great example of this would be like in the last 24 hours, I actually pre-sold two people into my $20,000 a year mastermind. Cool. Like I have no sales page. I didn't do a phone call. I literally sold through messenger through Facebook messenger two people into a 20,000 a year mastermind with no effort in very, very little effort in 24 hours. Okay. So I made a lot of money and I did not have to hustle for it, you know? And, and the reason why it was so easy is because I have some things in place that have allowed for me to do that. So yes, there's effort, but you put effort in, in the front end, like, you know, in, in the beginning stages so that it sets you up for greater success with less effort in the long run. I play the long game. Most hustlers, they're playing the short game, but I want money now. I want money now. I need money now. I play the long game. I play how can I make significantly more money in the long run with significantly less effort. All right. So somebody out there listening going, all right, this sounds awesome, but I'm afraid that I don't have anything to give necessarily because I want to try to get an idea of who comes to you. And I've watched a lot of your testimonials um, and I kind of get it too. But, you know, there's this whole thing and I've heard it before. It's like, you know, I don't know. I'm on Facebook and and I, I think I have some value to give. I'm not really even sure how to deliver that. So I don't want you to give out all your secrets, but give me an idea of I'm listening to this podcast. I'm going, I got to hear about this. What is it? Like, what do I do? How do I do that? Yeah. Well, so there's a, the, there's different ways to work smart depending upon which stage of business you're in. So no matter what stage of business you're in, I'm going to show you how to get to the next stage faster and more efficiently in a smarter way. But the actions I'm going to give you are going to be dependent upon where you're at. So I'm going to tell someone in, who's in debt, something different than what I'm going to tell someone who's, you know, not in debt, but brand new and not right. having consistent income. And I'm going to tell someone else it's something different if they're, you know, making consistent 10 K months and they're trying to scale it up to 30, 40, 50 plus K months. Right. Um, so if you're in debt, for example, I would say the smartest thing for you to do right now so that you're not working overtime and not getting results is stop trying to do all these other things in later stages of business. Stop trying to stop trying to make money. Stop trying to, do group launches, stop trying to list build. All you need to focus on, the one thing you need to focus on if you're in debt is get a get get out of debt. Get a debt payoff plan in place so that you can get out of debt. Then you can shift gears. Right. Once you're in that next stage and you're not in debt anymore, but obviously you don't have consistent income, then your your goal is gonna be how can I get to consistent 5K months as fast as possible? And what a lot of new business owners do at that point is they make the mistake again of doing action steps that are further up on the business ladder, trying to do group launches, trying to do like these big, doing Facebook ads, things like that. If you're a new business owner and you're trying to hit consistent 5K months, the fastest path to that 
is come up with a package that's quick and easy to sell and sell it through the phone because phone calls are quick and easy to sell. Yep. Yep. So phone calls into a quick and easy package, which is usually something one-on-one custom done for you. That that's That's fast money. Once you have consistent 5K months, your action steps are going to change again because now you're trying to scale up past that, 10, 20, 30, et cetera. And at that point, that's when you're going to say, how can I now start leveraging my business? I've got consistent income. I've got the short-term money. How can I get the long-term money now? And so that's when I'm usually shifting people's focus to most of this stuff that's in my zone of genius, you know, automation, leverage, delegating so they can scale the business. And a lot of it is too, do you, I mean, is it, do you always have to think about too, what am I going to give? I mean, obviously the question of this is yes, because you can't just say, Hey, I've got this <laughs> offer and it's really, no one wants it. Cause do you believe in, and when you talk to these people that somebody has something of some value to provide in some sort of group or some sort of paid group that there's other people out there that would benefit from that? Is that kind of the approach that you're taking or is it, is it usually business owners that already have something and they're just not packaging it correctly? Oh uh, yeah. Well, so I'm a firm believer that I go into every conversation with a prospect and every conversation with a client that I hold them as powerful, that yeah. they are, that they, that they have so much more potential than they've even realized for themselves. That's my job as a coach. Like I can't go and coach someone successfully if I don't believe in them. I have to, I have to believe in them because a lot of times they don't believe in themselves. Sure. So if you're not sure what your offer is or what you know, um, or how to grow your business. I'm going to give you clarity about it. I'm going to give you confidence in it. Um, that being said, most of the people who come to me, they have a business, they have some sort of list. So I'm usually working with entrepreneurs who are making around 5k a month, at least have something in place and they just really need to ramp it up and up level and scale without having to hustle. Yeah. Cool. So Take us back to that origin story. You didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to market like a nerd and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm a nerd, so I'm going to do this. Or, you know, what was it? What what made you kind of go this direction? I guess I guess I also want to know what drives you because at some point, you know, it's it's almost like, gosh, I wish there was a marketing company that could market my marketing company. And, you know, I wonder if there's a coach in, in, in somewhere back in there. Does a coach have a coach? And, and tell us a little bit about how you got started, why you got started and yeah. Yeah, how you market you like a nerd. You just opened up a wormhole, dude. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, goodness. Yeah, I know, right? I don't want so, anybody talking to me about that, so don't turn it around on me. Here's the down low, okay? Um, yes, you're right. I, I'm very successful now. I have a great company now. I've got great clients now, but it was definitely not always that way. Sure. I actually grew up complete opposite. I grew up dirt poor. Like, I remember there being this... I remember in this one house, because we moved around to a couple different houses, I remember this one house where we didn't even have bed frames. Like, we were on a mattress oh, yeah. on the floor. Um, and so we were dirt poor. We grew up in, uh, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, which is not, like it's a ghetto part of town. And, um, you know, not like the best area ever to grow up. My biological father was a drug addict, so he wasn't a very, you know, good role model. He actually overdosed in a McDonald's bathroom, and that's how we lost him. And hmm. um, he was replaced by a stepfather who was physically and verbally abusive, a very, very angry man who would beat me, my brother, my mom. And so that was, that was how I grew up. And because of that, I, I, that's how I became a nerd. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, I buried my head in books. Sure, I said, this sure. is not the life I want. I don't want this for my future. I don't want this for myself. I don't want this for my kids. 
I got to get out of this. And I was convinced the way to get out of this was by being smart, being, um, you know, good in school and getting into a good university. And so that's that's how I became a nerd. And that actually got me into uh, Johns Hopkins University. It's like the number 12 university right. in the entire yeah. world. They got yep. a full ride scholarship. And I was like, Amazing. awesome. Wow. You know, this this is it. That's quite a story. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't stop there because honestly there I, I still didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I thought I wanted to be a doctor because being a doctor is successful sure, by sure. society standards, yeah. right? Um, but what happened for me that really shifted things that catapulted me to where I am today was actually um, the summer right before I entered Johns Hopkins, I was walking across the street. I had just gotten my braces off, left the dentist's office. I was walking across the street and an 80-year-old man driving a minivan going 50 miles an hour actually hit me, hit me, hit me while I was walking across the street. I mean, I collided with his, his car collided with my leg, my head oh shattered my. his windshield and my head was about a foot away from being crushed by an 18 wheeler. So I almost died. I spent a week in shock trauma. I spent months learning to walk again, learning to cross my legs again, wow. learning to run again. And that, um, and then while I was recovering um, while I was bedridden my ex-boyfriend took advantage of it he raped me while I was in recovery and I was at just this awful low in my life I was like the universe is out to get me the world is so negative and sure, I realized oh and I realized my mortality and that realization led me to this fierce belief that life is too short to not be happy so when I became an entrepreneur and I was hustling and I was sacrificing and I was making money, but I wasn't happy, I kept going back to that memory. I kept going back to, I, I'm mortal. I can't be hustling because I'm not happy. This isn't the way to do it. There's got to be a better way. So trying to think how to follow up with that one. But <laughs> <laughs> but here's a question I want to ask you. And, and, you know, I do this with my own kids, too, sometimes because they have zero to complain about ever. I mean, they, you know, and I, they're usually pretty good about it. I'm like, look guys. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Um, but do you ever say to people like who are complaining about certain things and you go, well, wait a minute, let me tell you this story. <laughs> no, I, you know, I actually, because actually when I, when I was hit by the car, um, and I went into Johns Hopkins, I was actually on a cane at first I was on a wheelchair and then I was on a cane on campus. And when I was pregnant, um, I had my first baby when I was 18. So I was a freshman in college and I was pregnant and I got made fun of a lot. I got bullied sure. a lot. I mean, you can imagine yeah. being, you know, growing up in the ghetto, going to like a conservative, yuppie university. I, I got made fun of a lot. I got bullied a lot. And so that actually taught me the importance of being understanding of other people. And so yeah. when when things like that happen, like if a client, for example, says like, I'm having this terrible day, this awful thing happened, I don't say, you know, oh, get over it. Sure. I empathize, I sympathize, and I and then I and then I hold them as powerful so that they can move past it. You know, I think that's important for us to do as as not just as as fellow entrepreneurs, but as fellow human beings. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's freshwaterapparel.com and check out their spring collection of t-shirts and Soon, beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan. And the shirts are 
made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So, man, I want to talk to you a little because this is fascinating to me because what you know, the and what I really love about you, I think, is that you know, I, I knew a little bit about your background, I didn't know this much too, but I, I, I really want to find out from you, like, what did it take, I think, personally to keep going like that because it seemed like all the things were not in your favor. I mean, it, not only did, was it a struggle for you to get there in the beginning, um, once you got there and you made it. Um, you got knocked down, literally got knocked down again. Um, but here you are today. So, and I know there was probably some dark times and we all have them too, but yeah, what you, you made it. How do you think you did that? What, what's your advice to somebody that, and maybe it is as bad as, as your situation, or maybe it's kind of bad, but how do you, when you get knocked down like that, what, how do you get back up or why do you, yeah. get, why do you get back up? time for me to because even honestly growing up poor growing up with an abusive stepfather growing with a drug addict as a father honestly those things did not feel difficult I mean they were unfortunate they shaped my money situation like my money beliefs and my money situation they made it a little bit harder for me out of the gate to get to where I am today but they didn't it didn't feel that bad for me um what really um got me at my lowest where I felt like I wanted to give up was actually the car accident the rape and being pregnant as an 18 year old when I was I'm not the girl who gets pregnant at 18. That's not who I was. And so that, that was really, really hard. And, and honestly, I went through months and months of depression, possibly even over a year of depression because of it. And what got me out of it was a few things. Number one, um, I started becoming conscious of my emotions and recognizing as an emotion came in, I acknowledged it and then consciously made the decision to change that emotion. You know, this is how I'm feeling. Okay, now let it go. And that was that was one of the and that's hard. I mean, oh, that is not yeah. that's not easy to do, and it's, it's taken sometimes. practice for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I find helps. Um, to kind of prevent the negative emotions from ever coming up in the first place is to manage your environment. Um, so I actually removed toxicity from my life so that I could prevent those mm-hmm. negative emotions from coming up. Like I, um, I stopped talking to my stepfather. I actually stopped talking to my older brother, which is a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> there's a, a couple other people in my life who was like, you're toxic you're That's gone. Right. Um, and then eventually, actually, after I graduated, I moved halfway across the country. I said, Baltimore has bad memories. Sure. Baltimore is a just driving, driving by things. Right. Right. Yeah. So I left. I, I moved halfway across the country and I removed the toxicity. And then the third thing I would say is I leaned on other people because growing up, you know, I was very, very independent. And so when I was at my lowest, I no longer as an independent was able to get over it on my own and I had to be okay with asking for help. So, um, I leaned on my now husband and I, and I leaned on therapy. I went to, I went to therapy for post-traumatic stress disorder. So, um, consciousness, removing toxicity and, um, and asking for help. Therapy, lots of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) 
So give us your 10 year, man. <laughs> give us your 10 year vision. I, I, you know, I like to look out 10 years. We always try to do that with our company. Some, di- some days we can't look past um, just one single day. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow sometimes, but we like to look and, and dream and hope of, of things that we see visually, I think, in our future. Yeah. Where is Market Like a Nerd going to be in, in 10 years and where are you going to be in 10 years? <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is actually a difficult question for me for a couple reasons. Um, number one, I'm 26 guys. So like looking 10 years out from now is a little difficult for me at the the moment. Um, the other, the other reason is because I know I'm, I'm mortal and because I've been through what I've been through, I know, you know, it's, there's, there's value in looking at the past and there's value in thinking about the future. But what's most important is thinking about the now. So I try my very hardest to focus on what I need now to be happy, what I want now to be happy. So I'll like sort of answer, but (laughs) I I might, I might cheat a little. That's fine. Um, So 10 years from now, what I can imagine is that my kids are like almost gone. Like they're, almost out of the house and that's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i thought that too but now okay, we have I'm now half, we have I'm a two-year-old so yeah i'm half joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're not i get it i'm a parent no you're not <laughs> um no i love my kids but, sure, but, uh, sure. but yeah no i mean that that's the easiest thing for me to imagine because it's, it's logistical logistically in 10 years they're it's like gonna happen out of the house. <laughs> yeah yeah um i I own my own home. We've been moving around a bit because we've been trying to figure out where, like what location makes us happy. Again, we're like very much in the moment. Um, and I think we found where we want to stay. And I think we, like we were talking about this a little bit. I think we found the house that we want to at yeah. least stay in for the next, maybe, maybe the next 10 years. Sure. Very cool. Um, and ultimately I do want to grow my business to a multi-million dollar business um, for sure. So that's, that's the most I think I can say about 10 years. I'm kind of more in the now. My now is, a year from now, I well, actually, not even a year from now. Now it's like year, tonight by seven, right? By the end, yeah. Well, tonight by seven, <laughs> I gotta right. put in an offer for That's the house, right. yeah. But uh, by the end of the year, I'm working on a, a million dollar launch, and like I said, I made those those pre sales for it, and and I'm I'm hoping to get a whole lot more to make it a million dollar launch by the end of the year. I'm sure you'll get there. Very cool. <laughs> So, man, I know you're a machine and I, I can tell that. But one of the things we, we called it the business machine for several reasons is one, because we we think as business owners, you know, we're part of that machine, a vital part of that machine. There's other pieces that are in that to make it run successfully. But what what things are you putting in place or what things have you put in place that when you're not there or when you don't want to hustle <laughs> all the time, which you don't, um, what are some things that make sure that when that's not happening, your machine's still going? Yeah, well, so um, I'll do the list and then I can talk about each one if you want. Sure. Um, leveraged offers, boundaries with myself, my business, my clients, um, team members who I can delegate to, systems that support um, all of this, especially my team members, and then automation that does work for me. So those would be like the five things. Right. Let's talk about systems because I think, you know, the automation, I, I, I get that. I understand that. Boundaries, we'll talk about that a little bit in work-life balance, which I hate that term, but we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> um, but I leave it in there so I can say I hate it. Um, but let's talk about <laughs> systems because when I started this company five years ago, I was, uh, and I started it by myself. Now we, we're about 10 right now. And, and I started and I was like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm starting something new. I don't need systems. That's bullshit. You know, <laughs> I'm coming to find out that that was a mistake and we do need systems in place and we're slowly, and we've, yeah. we've done that over the last couple of years. So talk about a system. What, what does that mean? What does a system mean? Yeah. Well, so 
a lot of people actually get it confused and they think systems and automation is the same thing and it's not. Right. Um, automation would be like a way to make the system more efficient. Got it. Um, but the system itself is essentially just a protocol or a process that you follow to accomplish a certain task. And so typically I am writing out my systems for every task I can think of in my business. So I will, I will actually, I have, I'm a nerd. I have a spreadsheet <laughs> and within my spreadsheet, I actually have, I've broken down the categories of tasks in my business, like administrative tasks, financial tasks, PR tasks, um, marketing tasks, content tasks, um, client tasks, etc. There's a category for each, you know, each category of tasks. <laughs> and then underneath of the category, I'm listing out every task I can think of. So within content, it might be like um, recording my videos, um, editing my videos, transcribing my videos, publishing my videos, syndicating my videos, repurposing my videos, etc. Um, Keep talking so video. I, I like when people talk video. That's a big thing for us. So Oh, I love video, yeah. I'm a huge video. Actually, I have a program called Video Nerds. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, and so I'll list out the tasks and then I'll and then I'll choose one and I'll say, okay, I need to write out the system for this. And so I'll create a written protocol. I'll, I'll write out from start to finish, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, etc. Every little step in this process. Once it's written out, I'll say, okay, this is inefficient. This could be automated and I'll make the process more efficient. If automation's needed, I'll automate it. Um, if like I need something else to make it more efficient, I'll make it efficient and then I'll finalize the process Got it. and then I can delegate it and then I can give it away. So we talk about processes a lot in, in automation. Let's talk about some things that didn't go so well for us. And we talk about that a lot. I, I made a, I spoke to a group of students over at Michigan State University and, and I think usually they weren't very used to me because I didn't stand behind the podium. But I also didn't talk about a single thing that they should do. I told them everything they shouldn't do. And I, it was entrepreneurs and I'm like, first of all, don't start a business. And they're like, what? <laughs> but uh, it, it ended up coming together pretty good. But what are some mistakes that you think you made early on that didn't work out and, and how did you solve those? And, you know, I always try to wonder too, is if I could go back five years ago, would I want, would I do things different or are we where we are today because of the mistakes that we made? So I don't know. I I'm on the fence about that one. What's a mistake. Yeah. yeah what's a, what's something you would say, Hey guys, don't do this. Yeah. Well, there are two that come to mind that I think are the biggest mistakes I made in my business for sure. Um, and the first one was actually that I got so good at making money, so good at bringing in sales, like whenever I wanted. And, um, and there came a point when it was, it was exhausting. And I, and I was so focused on making money that I wasn't setting myself up for six, for like scalable success. Yeah. And so the problem was, I was able to make money, but I wasn't able to sustain it. So I, I didn't put systems in place to be able to support the work. I, what I should have done is I should have said, hey, um, I'm going to put a cap on how many clients I can bring in because that's all I can handle without dying. And while I'm do and while I'm serving those clients, leave myself some extra room, like a few hours a week so that I can work on my business and not in it. Right. And while I'm working on it, I can put systems in place so that I can keep increasing that cap, keep increasing the clients I'm bringing in. But I wasn't, I was too scared to put the cap on it. I was too scared. I just kept taking clients on. So that would be the first mistake for sure. Um, and the second mistake actually came after that where I made a lot of money and I was like, Oh, look at me. I'm yeah. so successful. 
I've made uh, multiple six figures and I'm only 23, look at me. And then I fell massively in debt because I was making money, but I wasn't managing it. Sure. And so it's not enough to make money. You have to know how to spend it properly, save it properly, invest it properly. And if you don't, it doesn't matter how much money you can make. You can go- fall right back down to the bottom of the business ladder. Yeah, it goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it comes in quick, goes away just as quick. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you learned that lesson. Oh, Yeah. So what do you have to work on, Amanda? Any faults that you work on daily? Personal faults, things that you know you always have to catch yourself. I know we always catch ourselves sometimes if we're being mindful, going, yeah, that's going to put me in a bad spot. I mean, I do that every single minute. but You know, it's funny. I was doing a live stream for one of my clients because um, I do like Q&A live streams in some of my groups. And um, there was this one part of the live stream where I made a mistake and the client was like, oh, my God, Amanda's imperfect. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine that I'm human. Um, but I would say when it comes to business in particular, cause there's a, you know, like a lot of different facets of life and everything. But sure. I think when it comes to business in particular, most of the tasks that you're doing or the things that you have to be good at fall into two categories, marketing and mindset. Those are the yep. two biggest areas of business. And I'm, I'm obviously baller at marketing. I'm, I market like a nerd. I'm really good at marketing. Um, and so I think I have an amazing mindset, but if I had to kind of put them in order or say that one was worse than the other, I would say it's mindset. And there are times when I have to go and have a call with the coach and be like, can you convince me that this is possible? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. And that's the thing too. And that's advice that I give to a lot of small business owners and startups is you got to get somebody you can just bounce an idea off or just say, Hey man, am I crazy? And if they say yes, (laughs) typically they say yes, but it'll be okay. That's, that's helpful. I mean, that just goes, okay, well that's fine. Thanks. And he said, yeah, you'll get out of it. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, great. And that's super helpful. Yeah. Well, I found just talking about it releases so much of the stress that you, you, like you don't even worry about it anymore. Yep. You just you just needed to get it off your chest. You just needed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. I can't tell you. I mean, I did that the other morning. I was in my car and I texted this guy that's another business owner. And he says, hey, man, if you ever run into anything, just give me a text. I said, hey, man, I'm struggling with something. And then he called me right away and I just kind of said it. Didn't really have any solutions for me. <laughs> and he was basically like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I was like, it was, on, on, at first I was like, well, thanks a lot. But then afterwards I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll be all right. At least somebody knows about it. <laughs> Yeah. So let's talk work-life balance. Um, you seem to be pretty good at it. I want to. It's still difficult because if you do, you know, really do market like a nerd, and it seems like to me when I still today I do this a little bit too. But if I feel like I'm not working, I'm losing money, and if I feel like I'm not posting or doing something, I'm losing money. Now we we've got staff here to help with that too. But there's that mindset I think as a business owner that I could do that one more thing. How do you put a stop to that? Because you've got children, I've got four children. Um, how do you turn it off besides just turning it off? Because sometimes you can turn off the phone and you can turn off the computer, but you can't turn off your brain. Yeah, well, so what I've, one of the um, little mantras that I've created for myself um, is I've made is make peace with the pace that works for you. Um, and that's kind of my thing. If I feel like I, if I notice other people are moving really, really fast, I tell myself that's their pace, it's not mine. Um, okay. And if I feel myself, you know, starting to speed up and it doesn't feel good. I'll say I'm not at my right pace. And so if I'm going slow, if I, if, if it seems like I'm going slower or if it seems like I, maybe I could do more, I just have to go back to that mantra and say, look, Amanda, this is your pace. Make peace with it. You know? 
Yeah, and being okay with that, because I think one of the things that we talk a lot about, and, and I talk to other businesses about, and I I'm, I'm terrible at this, but sometimes we won't get a big we won't get a big proposal. Like we'll make this proposal, and I'll be like, oh my god, that's the sexiest proposal I've ever made. There's <laughs> no way they won't go with us, and and they then they don't, and I, <laughs> I take it personally. And um, luckily, my staff here is pretty good at you know picking me back up, but then. <laughs> What I'll do is I'll then immediately go, well, yeah, of course, those guys are better than us. And and it's terrible, destructive behavior. But I think as a business owner and as a person, I think you have to be comfortable with what you can do. And and just like you said, I hadn't heard that before. And I like that, you know, be comfortable with the pace that is your pace. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's I always say it's not about for me, at least it's not about the outcome. It's not about where I'm going. It's about the process, you know, so I'm not worried about making money or how much money I'm making. I'm I'm worried about am I going to enjoy the process of making money? And in order for me to do that, I have to I have to be okay with the, I have to be okay with the process. I have sure. to be okay with my pace. Yeah. And so that kind of that shift in mindset actually made me okay with not hustling. It yeah. made me okay with slowing down. And it was ultimately a good thing because in slowing down, I realized I'm working too much in my business. I need to work on my business. Yep. And um and that has freed me up so so much. Just ma- first making that mindset shift and then making that shift to to working on my business. Now my, I mean, that's why I have work-life balance because I made that shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you really have to be um, proactive and you have to be purposeful about working on the business. I mean, you have to make time and almost so much that we put it on the calendar when we can to do that and and usually off-site. So I'll go with Melissa, who's my CEO and, and maybe one other and go off-site to actually do nothing but work on our Michigan creative business. And that's so helpful. And it's hard because you got a client that calls you and says, hey, I got some money I want to spend with you. <laughs> you know, it's like, who do you work on first? But, they, you know, you have to work on your business. So, yeah, well, and that, that I think is when systems and boundaries come yeah. into place. So um, at least for my clients, um, I plaster my policies, my procedures, my expectations, my boundaries everywhere, like on my website, on my order forms, um, in the membership site, in my Facebook group. I plaster it everywhere. And you would think clients might be a little annoyed at that because it's like, oh, this is Amanda's protocol and I have to follow Amanda's protocol. But actually my clients have loved it and they've modeled off of it and they're now implementing boundaries in their business. So they're having healthier businesses as well. And I think it's because it makes it clear how to work together. It makes it clear how to create the healthiest working relationship together. So that's that's clients. And then for sales, um, you know, prospects coming in, I mean, that's just where having a team and, and, you know, um, other people who can handle that for you, that's where that comes into play. Yeah. And let's talk about that a little bit because I talk about employees all the time. And one of our, one of our, you know, main tenants here is that we want the best, not just the best, but we want our employees to feel like they are the best here and, and, and they treat themselves and others, um, very, very well. And, and we want them to have jobs that they love and, and can work at for the rest of their lives. And, yes. um, and that's our mantra. That's our manifesto. That's, that's all we care about is, is, is our employees and, and how they feel about themselves and each other. So, but not that being said, they're hard to find sometimes, but, um, sometimes you get the wrong one in the wrong seat. But how do you make sure that once you get that one, how do you how do you make sure that you're keeping them happy? Because it's it's hard. No one's going to be as passionate about your business as you. And, and as much as you'd like to say that, but at the end of the day, for employees, it is a job. 
And for us, mm-hmm. it's, it's more than that. You know, it, it's a, we, we have to make it work. So how do you keep them going? How do you try to get them to believe in what you believe in? Yeah. You know, actually I had a, um, a contractor recently, cause I've had businesses where I've had full-time employees and CFOs and business managers and everything. This business, my model is, is mostly contractors. And I actually had a contractor recently come to me and say, they didn't know, they, they have no idea. How did he word it? It was like, um, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have this in my life. Like basically saying he was in love with the job and it made him so happy. Right. And, um, so I, like you, I take that so seriously. I don't just want employee. I don't just want team members. I want a company culture. Sure. And so actually in my interview process, I explained to my, um, prospective team members, my values as a, as a company. And one of them is happiness and the other is balance. And so I want them to be ecstatic about working with me. And I don't, and, and I don't want them working too hard, which I know sounds crazy saying that to an, to, you know, prospective team member. But I tell them, I'm like, if you try to if I send you a task on Friday and you say, Oh, I'll get this to you on Saturday, I will literally go to you and I will say, no, send it to me, send it to me on Monday because you're going to go enjoy your weekend. And they love it. And they, they are so appreciative, uh, appreciative of it because that's the word. (laughs) You got it. Um, because it shows them that I genuinely respect them as people and I genuinely value them as team members. So that's the first thing is I, I set that expectation. Um, see expectations. Um, in that interview. And then once I hire them, I set them up for success. And that's where the systems come into play. I give them everything that they need to be successful. Um, because I'm, I'm writing out these procedures. I'm documenting my processes. It's literally super. It's so easy to do work in my business because I document everything everything for you. And then after they've worked for me for about a week or two, I'll follow up with them and I'll say, and I'll actually ask them flat out. I'll say, hey, I just want to check in on you. I was thinking about you. How are you enjoying the job so far? I hope you're happy. Um, something like that. And they'll respond back to me and they'll tell me, you know, how they're feeling about it. And for the most part, it's so funny. Nine times out of ten, they all say, oh, my God, I've never worked with a business as organized as you. Really? <laughs> they love it. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that just puts them at ease too. Cause I think, and it also makes your life a lot easier because they don't have to ask as many questions. Yeah. It's always like, Hey, do you got a minute? Hey, do you got a minute? And one of those things. So I think that's benefit for you. And I think the idea here is, you know, when we read a lot of books and one of them was the, the E-Myth and he talks about, uh, you know, franchising your business so much so that somebody could walk in and run it. And, and that's kind of what you're doing with the systems yes. and places that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. So before we get to the fast questions or the faster questions, I mean, give us a, give us one thing, like, you know, give us one thing that we can do that we can throw into our mix, throw in our marketing mix, throw in our business mix that not a real hard thing, not like a game changer, but something that you think uh, we could do or somebody out there listening that could do that might make a difference in their business if it, if it's done right. Yeah, well, um, I can give you a a system or a formula, whatever you want to call it, that is the only one you need to know to make money online. And it's so, so easy. I mean, seriously, people super overcomplicate marketing. I mean, even in this, this interview, we kind of jumped in a couple of different places and it makes it feel like maybe it's a little hard, but honestly, making money is actually super easy. It's two steps. That's it. So if you want action steps, you just, I'm going to give you two and that's all you need to make money. All right, everybody stop Um, driving, get your, get your pens out. (laughs) All right. The first is you make an offer. You come up with an offer. Okay. 
the second as you send traffic to it. Create an offer, send traffic to it. Create an offer, send traffic to it. That's it. That's all you do to make money. Literally, you create an offer and you send traffic to it. So anytime that I'm doing a launch, um, the first thing I do is I'm like, okay, what am I selling? And sure. I come up with something to sell. Um, and then obviously you have to have a way for people to buy it. So like a sales page or, a, or order form, whatever. But once you know what you're selling, you just have to tell people about it. You just have to send traffic to it. That's it. So all these things that you hear people talking about, like email marketing and um, like Facebook advertising and Facebook group marketing, that's all just traffic. That's all it is. It all, you group it in, to, group it in there. So create an offer, send traffic to it, there's the only two steps you need to make money. Right. And I was listening to some of your, I think I downloaded one of your courses too. And you were talking about some of the offers that you could do. And it was like, keep the, you know, keep the membership low at first, do it for a dollar. Some people do it for a dollar and then it automatically goes up to 29 or 45. So yeah. there's all sorts of options that you can kind of test the water out. And that offer has to be something that somebody's going to see value in. If they see value in it, I, you know, you don't want to make a thousand dollar offer probably the first time you go around. Probably it's probably better to test the waters a little bit. Don't you think? Well, I actually, the way that I have done my, um, like pricing and packaging for my offers is I, and, and not everyone will agree with me in this area. I think pricing and packaging is like a very controversial thing, but yeah, at least for me, the way that I've done it, that has felt good for me is my beta offers. When I first launch something, it's always the lowest I will ever offer it for. So if you ever see a new offer from me, you need to jump on it right like away. immediately because yeah. it will, it will go up. And so I offer it at a lower price point because I want to test it and I want to perfect it. I want to make sure it's not just making me money, it's making my clients money too. And then once I've proven it, not just for me, but for other, other people, you can bet it's going to go up. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I price test. I start low. Once people get results, it increases. When people get more results, it keeps increasing. Yeah. I like it. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So, man, I know you have a quote. I'm sure you have a bunch. I can tell from your website they're all over. So give me a <laughs> quote that you love. Yeah, well, so the one that I love and live by is what's possible has been done, what's impossible must be done. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. And I mean, you're a, a pretty good example of that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I learned that that quote in um, in college when I was in a sorority. That was actually our sorority's mantra, and I've lived by it ever since. Very cool. Give me a business book that I'm going to read the more than the first 30 pages. <laughs> <laughs> Anything by Dan Kennedy. His stuff is very, very good. He was... Um, I think no, the No BS Direct Marketing um, book that he has was the very first business book I read, and it taught me about direct response marketing yep. and how um, how important it is to like have a call to action, and um, it that is what shaped the way that I look at marketing and why I'm so nerdy about the way I look at marketing. <laughs> if you could have dinner with any business owner, man, who would it be, and why? Probably Russell Brunson. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, he's super interesting, and I love. I think we could geek out about funnels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he's would a definitely. Hacker, I'm a funnel nerd. We would love each other. <laughs> that would be a good dinner. A couple of people have said that. I think that would be a really good dinner. <laughs> Give me a text, some app, some software, some stuff you can't live without at your business. What does marketing like a nerd or Amanda use daily? Yeah, well, oh, that's so tough because I like technology. Yeah, right. Um, uh, you know, in the past, I think I would have said Infusionsoft, but I'm kind of angry at them lately. So I'm going <laughs> to go with Zoho Projects, which oh, is really? my project. Yeah, it's my project management system. It's how I centralize the communication for my team. And it's where I store all of my systems, Very my cool. operating procedures. Yeah, I've seen that a little bit. I haven't seen the project side of that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So how do we best get in touch with you? How can we learn and what is the easy way for us to learn from you and how to market like a nerd. And we just, we want to know how we do that. How do we do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, my website in the beginning. It is like a freaking experience guys. So yeah, you can cool. always head on over to market like a nerd.com. And that's where I have my podcast, my vlogs. Um, I've got a bunch of webinars on demand that you can get there. Um, but that, that's where you can get information from me. If you want to hang out with me and get to know me, geek out with me, as I like to say, uh, the best place to do that is actually in my free Facebook group. It's called The Balanced Entrepreneur. Yep. Um, so you can look it up on Facebook or you can go to marketlikeanerd.com forward slash invite. And it's a no pressure invite. You literally go to that page, marketlikeanerd.com forward slash invite. You press the button, it'll take you to the group. And once you join the group, you can geek out with me whenever you want. I'm in there every day. <laughs> yep, very cool. Yep, we joined that today. So cool. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So last question, Amanda. What do you think or what do you hope your legacy will be? Oh, I love this. I hope that when I'm gone, I will have completely obliterated <laughs> the hustle mentality. I think that's probably going to happen. Yeah, you know, I've noticed actually there is like a there's a rise in coaches and, and entrepreneurs yeah, all all of a sudden talking yeah. about working smarter and creating sustainable businesses and a lot of them are in my community and or my previous clients and and I'm okay with that. Sure, sure. That's what you're doing. It's, it's serving my ultimate goal, which is to destroy <laughs> world <us> domination. <laughs> right. Is there anything else that we missed that you'd like to say, Amanda? Um I think we covered it. Yeah, this was good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Your story is inspirational. I think you should tell it as much as you possibly can. I'm super impressed. I don't think we've had anybody quite as inspiring as you on the podcast before. And so I just, I, I think the world of you and, and your story is is tough to listen to, I think, at first. But the way that you present it is, is I don't know, amazing. So Thank you. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> So keep it up. And there's anything we can do for you here at Michigan Creator for the Business Machine. We're always happy to help and keep in touch. Oh, beautiful. I will. Thank you. And, and right back at you. <laughs> All right, guys. That was Amanda Goldman Petrie, and she's just amazing. And she's with Market Like a Nerd. You got to check her, marketlikeanerd.com. And, and just a great story from somebody that's really turned her everything around and, and, and made her way through lots of, of hard work and, and never giving up. And so check her out. Uh, her videos are all over the place. Uh, you can't miss her. So marketlikeanerd.com. Thanks, everybody. Again, I'm Brian Town, the host of The Business Machine and owner of Michigan Creative. Remember, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next time.